Welcome to Tice Talks with Dr. David Tice. Today's episode is number 32. We are on part three of how you can find hope and healing for the blended family. Today we are talking about five practical principles of something with Charity Berkey and Faith Gelslorp and the one and only Dr. David Tice. Five practical principles of working through your new marriage. Thank you. You know, I'm there for you. (laughs) I'm the organized one here, Crystal. Are we going to tell everybody this is take two? Or are we just going to act as if we got it perfect the first time? We're we're just going to act like we got it perfect the first time. Okay, so someone's going to edit that later, right? (laughs) No? No. We're on. We're on. So so we want to talk about, we've been talking about divorce and remarriage and what the Bible says about it and the fact that God does permit it. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he tells us specifically that you need to. Uh, be, if for your because of your incontinency, your lack of self-control, if you have a desire to be married, you need to get married. And uh, so God, God blesses it. God, we we've talked about the fact that uh, God blesses a second marriage, and God can use a second marriage. There, there are several examples uh, in the Bible of second marriages that worked and. Uh, marriages that started off wrong but ended up right. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. But we do want people to know that in the future, in about three or four episodes, we are going to have an episode specifically that deals with, it's a future episode of consequences of divorce and remarriage. So if you're considering a divorce and you have biblical grounds for divorce, you still need to know what is actually going to be the consequences of that. When you look at getting remarried, you need to realize there's still going to be some consequences that you're going to have to face. And that will be very helpful in those that future episode. So for those of you that are listening and you're like, you know, I'm considering remarriage. That will be coming out in a couple months for you. But yeah, we just talked about how we had that the Bible does allow for a divorce. God does allow. There are biblical grounds for it, and there are biblical grounds for remarriage. And like you said, there's so many. There are some amazing things and people who have come about from a remarriage. I'm sitting here and talking to one of them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Why? Why? Well, I don't know if how 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 wonderful, but I but God has allowed us to see a wonderful family, and my wife and I both come from families that struggled. My dad was divorced and remarried several times, and then uh, my mom and dad uh, came to Las Vegas. Specifically, the reason we're in Las Vegas is because they got divorced and remarry. They came to Las Vegas to get divorced and remarry each other. And you guys are also hearing one of the hosts here today. Her name is Emma May, and she's 10 months old. And she is the product of great-grandparents who were remarried. That's right. She wouldn't be here today. So she's saying hi. She loves her fans. But <laughs> we're going we're gonna to let her be quiet for a few minutes. So what are some biblical examples, Pastor Dr. Tice? of people who had blended families and things went well in the end for them. Okay, well, we know the story of Judah uh, and in the Bible. In this Genesis. is one of the most disturbing stories, yes. I think. Why don't you Bible. share it? Because I don't think we all know the story of Judah. Well, Judah was, Judah was the, uh, is the, the, um, one of the 12 sons of Jacob. 
And what Judah did was he had he had three sons. Uh, his his uh, uh, son, his first son, married a woman named Tamar. Uh, Tamar, uh, uh, his first son then died, and so Tamar was to marry the second son. The second son died, and so the younger son was very very young. And Judah said, "Look, I don't want." Um, uh, he's too young to get married. We'll wait till uh, later on, and when he grows up, then you can marry. Uh, you you can marry him. Him, good. Thank you. <laughs> now, this was part of the custom. Yes, this was the right, custom. You can read in the Levitical law that that's it's and it was of, perfectly normal. It wasn't, it wasn't some weird some thing weird, they were doing. Right. Okay, so that was that was cultural. Which, by the them. way, I'll give ten dollars to anybody that can name the other two sons right now without looking. There's actual names to them. I had no idea. Onan was one of them. Oh, there you $10, go. Ten dollars? No, five? I said I said both. I said both. <laughs> Come on, Faith. Okay. okay. So then, what happens? Oldest, so the, youngest so son. When as the when the older son gets old enough to marry Tamar, instead, uh, she's she's ignored. She's neglected, and and as though that's and not going to happen. He marries someone else. Yes, and so what happens is Tamar. Uh, dresses up like a harlot and seduces Judah. And from Judah comes two children. She didn't have to try very hard to seduce him. No, no. that's exactly I, right. I, was, when you read it, you're like, hmm, this kind of sounds like you were searching for that. Or you stumbled upon it and it's like, ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and, wasn't that, and, that moral of a man in the first place? So what what comes from that is 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 twin sons. One of the sons' name is, is uh, uh, Fayar. And from him, he is one of the uh, great, 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 great grandfathers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fayar. Yes. Had an important role out of, I mean, out of that most, one of the most disgusting stories you can find in scripture. I mean, it sounds like something you're going to find on, on, on a, a soap opera. movie we're not allowed to watch. Right, on a soap opera or something. <laughs> and what happens? Wow, that's incredible that out of that, out of what the Lord allowed to happen, God brought beauty from ashes. Yeah. God brought beauty out of And that story can terrible. be repeated over and over again. Rahab was a, was a harlot, and yet she is like the great-great-grandmother uh, of, of Boaz, who is the grandfather of, of David. And then Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. And right. tell us about Ruth. Oh, I love the story of Ruth. Ruth came from the Moabite family. And if you know anything about the Moabites, they were actually descendant of Lot and Lot's daughters. So they were like the tribe of the incest families. And coming from out of that, like, again, something you we can look at and think, oh, how can anything good come of that? Out of that came Ruth, a whole book of the Bible. <laughs> Something that's all about teaching us how to live a life of friendship, showing us how, and how to, to have, love properly, how to love the right way, wow. and that Jesus is our Redeemer. So much good came out of that, and she is a great grandmother of Jesus Christ the, as well. The, there you go, and then and then of course, um, the whole story of David and Bathsheba. This was totally and completely. You have a a man having adultery with a woman and then murdering his her husband uh, in order to cover up his sin of adultery, them having to be confronted, the first baby dying. 
And then God in his mercy gives them Solomon and Solomon becomes the great king of Israel. Uh, So over and over in in the Bible, you you read about imperfect families that have, uh, that, that are able to be used by God to bring children up to bring glory and honor to the Lord. That's great. And so we're going to talk about five ways that your family can be, can produce. I'm sorry, let me go back to Practical my notes. principles. <laughs> we're going to talk about practical <laughs> principles. Um, that now I'm in a blended family. If I add these five practical principles, they can help my family be a kingdom family. Yeah. Emma well, like MMA is speaking up, so good to see you. She says amen. She was a, she's amen in the whole thing. All right. So the first thing, there are going to be consequences. There's going to be difficulties because everybody is adopting one to another within within the family. So if you're going to, to if you really want to work through the difficulties of a family, of blending a family together, there's the first thing you need to do is you need to sit down together as a husband and wife. So this is after I've been married. This is, yes. Right? So if we were, if I was looking, we're going to be talking about um, consequences of divorce and remarriage. If I was looking to the future, would I, I, this is something I could still do too as well. Yes. Something I should sit down with the person I'm planning to marry. That's right. Okay. There needs to be, and I'm telling you, if you do that ahead of time, it really will stay off some problems. Not because there won't be problems, but you'll be aware of these problems ahead of time. Okay. But what if I'm what if I'm them. in so now I'm married. I've been married for three years and we have we have a blended family. He has two kids, I have one, and we've been married for three years. I should still decide, okay, Let's restart this. Okay. So Let's sit down, just me and my husband now. Yes, no, nobody else. You have to talk through these things. And these are difficult things to talk through. So number one, pray for one another and ask for forgiveness for any consequences, any, any problems that you've had one with another. Or maybe you got married uh, improperly. Maybe there was a relationship before marriage. Whatever it is, make sure that your heart is right with your spouse. And if there's something you need to confess with each other, then confess it. Do not pretend that there was no problems in the beginning of right. the relationship. So get That's that. If uh, we were living together before we got married, we should confess that to each other and say, hey, that was wrong for me to yes. do that. Please forgive me and yes. get that right right now. Even if they've been married five years, 10 years, you know, they had kids together before they got married. Get right with each other before each other and God. Yes. The, the, and so, the, so there's no accusations. Yes. Whatever you whatever. And, and you're not accusing the other person. You're not saying, well, I blew it, but you blew it, too. I would never have you're done this if it wasn't for you. You're recognizing your own sin. That's exactly right. And it's sin that may be affecting them now that when they didn't even know each other. Yes. Oh, I did this in the past, and I did this in the past, and I want to get it right. Yes. So get those things. All right. Good. Second thing is make a list of working standards. Now, what exactly does that mean of working standards? That means I'm, I'm sitting with, with my spouse and we're saying, look, there are things that we think are right and there are things that we think are wrong. These are things we think children should do. We th- there are things that we think children shouldn't do. 
this is these are the kind of shows we're going to watch. These are the kind of shows we're not going to watch. These are the places we're going to go. This is the places we're not going to go. We're going to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or we're going to go to church Sunday morning, and we're not going to go to church Sunday night because it's COVID-19. <laughs> uh, okay, or whatever. You, you make standards for your family that there are certain things. For instance, when we first got married, my wife and I, I had a lot of family that smoked, drank, cussed and we made we said this is a standard for our home we will love everyone but we're not going to have smoking in our home we're not going to have uh drinking in our home and we're not going to have uh foul language in our home it's just not going to happen and for that reason a lot of my family said we're not coming over that's why uncle rick would come over and smoke out front on the on the uh yard that's right because he knew it and when we first said that people said you're not gonna you're not gonna have that now, I have a question. So that's great if before you got married, but like you were saying, this is after somebody gets married and you as a wife, you're sitting and listening to all of this, but you say, how am I going to get my husband to jump on board with all of these principles and priorities and standards that I'm now hearing we need to talk about? What if we don't agree on them? Well, then that's where compromise comes in. And you have to. You have to compromise with your spouse. You have to be able to say to your spouse, okay, if this is an, an important thing to him, now we're married, we have to decide what what am I what am I gonna be able to say, no, wait a minute, we agreed that we're not gonna allow this to happen. We're not gonna let we're going to allow this to happen. So So once you've set those and you agree, what would be the next thing? Once okay. you go through and say, Hey, these are biblical standards. These are things that we know that we together have prayed about it. We together now know that this is what we believe the Lord wants us to do in our own home. Now, what would be the next step? Okay. So once, uh, once we've done that, I think, it's, I think it's important we do this by, by making a list of biblical principles and biblical priorities, what's right, what's wrong. And then uh, if... if a questionable thing comes up, you need to agree with each other before giving approval to your children about anything. We are agreeing that we're going to check with each other before we give approval. And then um, if there's a division, then make sure that division is behind closed doors, that you're agreeing to these things right now. And because uh, that... you don't want to show favoritism, you That's don't right. want to show that you don't appreciate, you know, that make them feel that way. They may feel that way. But if you purposefully plan out, this is what we're doing in our home. This is the line across the board. There won't be showing favoritism. There won't there won't be. Um, it will just be like this is what the these are the laws of the land in the Berkey household <laughs> or whatever home that you have. Yes. All right, so what would be the next thing that we should impl- implement? Okay, so after you sit down together as a husband and wife, then it's going to be absolutely essential that you call a family meeting, which would mean getting together with all of your children, yours, mine, and ours, all together, and, and, and get them, and get, get the children together. And in that, the very first thing, very essential, is that you admit your failures and you admit your sins to your children oh that's so good Uh, you you've got to admit your mistakes god hates divorce we've made some mistakes because of that there's going to be some conflicts we we broke god's basic plan 
But, and then once you explain that, you say, I wanna, we want to ask you to forgive us because you're in a situation right now, we're saying to the children, you're in a situation right now that you didn't ask to be in, and we're in this situation as, as a blended family, and we want to work things out so you are benefited. So you let them know you're caring about them. Wow. So what you're saying is that the whole purpose of this meeting is to say, hey, look, we're sorry we put you in this place. We, we were wrong for the things that we've done. And we are in a place that God has allowed us to be, and we want to do right by you guys. And because of that, we have this, this set of standards that we've prayed about, that we've asked the Lord about, and we want to share that with you. What an amazing opportunity for you as the parents to show your kids, hey, learn from my mistakes you don't have to make these same mistakes that I just made. We are now living the consequences of my mistakes. Yeah, I messed up. Sorry you're having to put up with this too. But you don't have to make these same mistakes in your relationships going forward. And you don't have to feel guilt about about any of those things. You can say to them very simply, we've gotten these things right with God. Right. And we want to make sure we're right with you. And we and then, then after you've done that, you say, now listen, here are rules of the house that we've agreed together on that we're establishing, and then we explain to them your rules, your discipline, and then be consistent. And follow through. And follow through. Awesome. Don't show favoritism. So what would be then the third the third principle that we would need to implement? The third thing that you'd need to do after you've had conversation, husband and wife, and then with your family, then there's the other parents. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and that's tough. That's but tough. I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> didn't <That's>... I? <laughs> didn't we leave that person so we didn't have to talk to them? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's why it's difficult. So I tell people to try to sit down with them and explain your position and what you're trying to accomplish. And honestly, when you say that, I know this may be impossible. Even if they're unsaved, we should still do that. We certainly. It's op- It's absolutely essential that you do that because. Because they are going to be involved in your life for the rest of your life, or at least until these children are grown and married. So um, it's important. Don't try to bring an ex-spouse. This is very, very essential. Don't try to bring an ex-spouse into the relationship if they are uninvolved. So if they've already said, hey, I'm out of the picture, I don't want to be with the kids, I don't want to, I want nothing to do with you, don't try to reach out and try to get them involved. Don't try to be like, oh, yes, we want another parental opinion in this mixture. Absolutely not. If they they have remove themselves, then let them out. I had a lady say to me one time, she said, listen, if I bring her, talking about her daughters, uh, if I bring her her daughter, her father. her father into this relationship, thank you, Crystal, if I bring her father into this relationship, it will mean money for our family because he will be able to help us financially. And I said, listen, he is not serving the Lord. He doesn't want to be part of it. You don't don't go to court. Don't bring him in. If he wants out, leave him out. You want to be able to raise this daughter in a pure and faithful manner. And uh, listen, love or money is not worth that uh, that involvement. So okay, and if we, I know there are so many good points right here that you have listed on here. And I know we're planning to have a future. Um, 
what are they called? Podcast? Not just episode? Po- no, the whole when you have like three episodes. Series? Series. Yeah. <laughs> when you have like, <laughs> I believe we're going to have a series of five about each one of these topics in the future that we're going to go in detail with. And this one. This is just the summary. Yes, this is just a summary of what, what um, you should be looking at. But you have some amazing points here about don't be, it's, make sure you're not alone with your ex. Make sure, because there's going to be jealousy that arrives. There might be, Satan might implant a thought that's not even in your head or in your spouse's head saying, oh, well, what's going on here? Are you going back to them? Um, don't be pushed into confrontation. I mean, you have some amazing notes here that um, I know we'll be going over in the future. But, um, but for now, we got to fast forward a little yes. bit. Yes. So, we'll, so where are we headed? We so are the headed idea, to. So, so the idea, though, is basically you need to, in, if you can, set up a meeting with the other parents to let them know what your thoughts are and let them see that you are concerned about your children. I love what you say about, and you say all the time, about never speaking evil about the other spouse. When how easy is that? How easy is that when you're married to the person you love i know women struggle all the time to not say something oh that that idiot left to can't he can make an amazing three throw three what is it called free Free throw throw from the three-point line but he can't get his dirty socks into the laundry basket (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that is a huge portion though in teaching kids to respect authority that even might be not a good authority. Yeah. So number four then. The children. This is absolutely essential. You need to reassure your children on, on a daily basis of your love, but don't allow your children to play you one against the other. Mm. It's the, and, and this is a balancing. This is not just for blended families. This is, <laughs> this is in every family. Yeah. I'd chi- really like to hear stories about how your children pl- tried to play you against each other. Someday when we have time, that's going to be a fun that, episode. That's got to be another podcast. I was scared because there's that. a Are lot you of stories. Me? <laughs> I'm guessing your brothers were not. It's important. <laughs> it's important when you're when you're dealing with your kids that you're not criticizing the other parents and uh, like like you said just a minute ago, Charity, not speaking evil. Uh, that's so so important. Your so playing chil- parents against involving the children is making sure that they know this is what it's set up. And if you don't involve them, if you don't aren't consistent, then there is going to be a sense of well, there will be resentment. Resentment. There'll be a sense of oh, you do favor you favor your son over you over favoring me. Your it's it is yours, mine and ours. The baby is the favorite because they're yours together. And that will affect the kids if they are not consistent and if the rules aren't the same across the board. And we have to work at that because we're sinful and we do we naturally, we have, naturally have favorites. And if you have a child that's more compliant mm-hmm. than one that's not compliant, you have to deal with that. We have the favorite sitting right beside and me. And if you're not careful, family. they're going to end up thrown into a well and sold into Egypt. And that's, that's what's <laughs> that's just right. the bad thing. That's right. So <laughs> let me let me say one other thing with the chi- with the children. You're going to have to uh, you're going to be explaining them your standards. You 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 want to make sure that you're not you're not fighting with each other in front of the children but this is absolutely essential in every family make sure that you make the family fun hmm. that you 
have all the kids together doing something that is fun together. Let them enjoy one another. You need to, uh, especially with a, within a blended family, you've got older boys and younger girls, you need to protect them one from another. Um, but you also need to allow them to enjoy one another, play together. Last night, I had, uh, I had both Faith and Charity uh, family over at my house for a barbecue. And we just barbecued, had fun, and enjoyed it, making a memory together so that today when, when uh, Felicity walked in to my office, she said, I had a hot dog roast at your house yesterday and then uh uh and they just came in because that's what we did it was fun Uh, and since you since you had fun with your children and like these families are going to do then that means that they will always behave perfectly right (laughs) i wish that was the case i wish i could give you some 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 good hope there so when they don't behave perfectly is that point number five? That's point number five, discipline. You need to be consistent. Good segue. Thank you. Into, you need to be consistent in your discipline. Proper spanking for your children. Now listen, by the biological parent with the step-parent supervision, there are some states that have actual laws against step-parents ever spanking their children. But there's not one state in America that has laws against biblical discipline when it comes to proper spanking. So if you're a liberal and listening to this, don't go and lobby in your state that (laughs) children should not be spanked. Well, we can do a whole podcast about biblical discipline and and spanking. If we haven't already, have we done one of those? I don't think we we haven't done one on how to properly spank. No, but but what you said is so key because a lot of times they think, you know, you don't want the stepdad coming in and saying, okay, he disobeyed me, so I'm going to spank him. And then there's accusations made, yeah. and then the then the biological father finds out you spanked my kid, and not just not just legal matters. You can really infuriate. Uh, a biological father, and then he might come and do something illegal to you. You don't know what, that's just not a good place for you to be. So it should be the biological parent administering the discipline. Yes. Other disciplines can be restrictions from activities, uh, social interaction, uh, that type of thing. Uh, But it's important that you have that discipline and that you agree on uh, what the terms of discipline are, and that you follow through with what you believe is right and wrong. Uh, just remember this, that what what you allow one child to get away with, every other child is going to think, oh, I can get away with that. Hmm. Uh, and and when you say, well, I because I'm, I'm afraid of disciplining them because I don't want to lose them, then you need to understand that if you buckle under and you give in, to a child's disrespect or a child's rebellion, that that's going to affect every other child that is younger or even older than that child. It's important that there be consistent discipline. Um, I see here you say, don't sacrifice all your children because of the rebellion of one or two. 
there's there's several things. Let me see, let me just share these. When if if you get to a point where there's a child that says, "I don't want to live here anymore," this is what you should do. Number one, assure them of your love. Tell them you love them. Tell them that these are the rules that are in this house. Then let the discipline. Uh, uh, tell them that this is the discipline that's in this house, and this is not going to change. This is not going to change. This is who we are. And then say that you don't want them to. Uh, you don't want them to leave. You want them to stay. But if they choose to leave, they're making the choice. And what they're doing is making a permanent choice. Don't let them cause division within the home. There are more than one individual, and you've got to think about all the children that are involved in that. Wow, that's really helpful. Very, very difficult, difficult decisions that need to be made. And again, these are some of the consequences of divorce and remarriage. All right. And we are going to have a future, like I said, uh, we're going to have future episodes of a whole series that's going to be going over each one of these. And that will come out in a couple months. Yes, it will. And coming up next time on Tice Talks, we have a two-part series. We're all into the series right now. We have a two-part with missionary Bradley Edmondson. Is that going to be pretty fantastic? Oh, listen, Bradley Edmondson is one of the most dynamic uh, missionaries uh, on the planet right most now. Most influential. Uh, he, is, he is doing a wonderful work uh, around the world, and literally he's an assistant to missionaries. He uh, travels uh, from place to place, helping missionaries that have already established a, a foundational work. And uh, it's just, you're going to really, really enjoy And he's with Medical Missions Outreach. Right. And so they were in, yeah, they were up in... Uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and yes. now they are in Georgia. In Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I was yep. good to know. So you get to hear from them in our next two episodes, and then we will resume with consequences of divorce and remarriage and get back into our regularly scheduled programming. So do we have a new book out? I think since we last did this, we might have a new book out. Thrive Devotional. If you haven't gotten it, get yours today at davidtice.com. And you can learn how to thrive in your Christian life. This is a, a devotional that is based on some devotionals that I wrote about two years ago, Thriving in Your Prayer Life, and uh, I think it'll be a real help to you if, if, uh, if you get that. It's a daily devotional, so it's well, one a day, and it's for 90 days. This is the first time I'm holding this in my hands, and I'm wondering if I can take one home and have it signed by the author. I'll be happy to sign it, and you, if you'll be happy to pay for it. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe I'll just borrow it. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for being with us today. Don't miss out on Bradley the next couple of episodes. This has been Tice Talks. And it's more than a conversation.